It's the ninth episode, season two of Flags and Fouls, likely our last episode of 2021 as we approach Christmas and New Year's. Everybody have a happy holidays. I'm Nathan Bowles here with Sean Doherty. Mariloya, Jose Duran cannot be with us today, but we're going to close out the year. We're going to talk about Kyrie Irving back in the NBA. <laughs> we talked about it when we re- when the Nets said he was not going to come back. Well, now that he is going to come back as a part-time player, we basically have to talk about it, right? And we can talk, we'll talk probably a little bit about COVID and stuff like that. The Washington football team investigation, Daniel Snyder, the Washington Post reports, how the NFL is not releasing details in the investigation, kind of against its, um, against its behaviors in a sense. We'll also talk about the NFL and NBA teams that have impressed us or disappointed us and then finish with our throw a flag segment, including how Bill Simmons correctly predicted the LeBron James Cavs talk <laughs> in five days. <laughs> you know, it's it, Sean, how are you doing? I mean, man, COVID's running rampant. You know, all you hear, how, how are you doing? You're doing I'm all right. I'm done with school. I'm good. Done with- mm-hmm. I got 102 in a class. That was pretty cool. That is actually pretty cool. It, do, it doesn't matter. But it's pride, you know? It's <laughs> yeah. Pride. Both been done for a while. You, I guess, got out a week later than I did. Mm-hmm. And then you go back a week later. So I, I guess it Makes all evens sense. out. But, you know, it's it's just crazy. We see, it, it feels like it wasn't that long ago that we're starting to get over COVID. We're thinking about Christmas. And, you know, we understand COVID's getting a little worse. But, you know, just try to be careful. And then, and then the Omicron variant, and yes, that's how I'm going to say it. Omicron. <laughs> it, Omicron. It, it, Omicron. It's, it's, <laughs> ah, man, this is crazy how contagious this, vi- this variant is spread. based on medical. I mean, it's, it's already the dominant strain in the United States. And I feel like, I mean, it's just this week the games are postponed in the NFL. Mm-hmm. Th- that's how long we've been dealing with it. it it's not that long. I mean, in like five days, <laughs> and and suddenly we just saw NFL and NBA the the COVID list go from like uh like five ten dudes to just I swear half the league. Yeah, feels like it. I mean, and, it's to a point where the Celtics are signing forty year old dudes who have drafted twenty years ago, and we'll get to that and throw a flag. But the. There has been a lot of talk about asymptomatic vaccinated players. Do we test them? Do we let them play? Do we continue to daily test them? Or do we close our eyes? Because it's actually not that bad. I mean, there's, there is a sense, and this is true from the start. We knew that pretty early on that this is going to happen. It's going to be an endemic virus. We're not going to eradicate this, even with, even if we had done better. It's just really not going to happen. But I think the question that people are asking, that I'm asking is, do we really want to bet that this is a variant that gets us out of the pandemic? How much are we willing to bet? Sean, how do you feel about that? 
Well, based on my extensive knowledge as a medical researcher, I'm hoping that it's the <laughs> last one. I'm hoping it, you know, like at this point, vaccines aren't going to do anything to eradicate this disease. So I'm just hoping that um, hopefully it just kind of becomes the flu now. I think, and, and, and at that point, I'm comfortable with it, but it, it is that question. And I'm going to link to an athletic article. I'll probably link to a couple of other things where epidemiologists, public health experts talk about, do we need to go that direction? Is that that pretty much is going against public health guidance? But there's ideas of shorter quarantines for vaxxed players because we do know they probably shed the virus for a shorter amount of time. Stuff like that. How far do you go with the testing? And just all the questions that have really started to swirl around as we as we go through this. It's just everybody try to be as safe as you can. Um, if there's an option to make you safer, do it. Yeah. There are things we can do. Do them. But everything else is about risk tolerance. And that article goes into that. The link will be in the description. Since... One thing that we are going to talk about, though, is the Washington football team. We're not going to talk about its COVID outbreak and how its game got delayed to Tuesday and how they lost by 10 to the Eagles, 27-17. And the Eagles actually look like a dangerous team. In my simulations, I'm pretty torn. I I don't think they make the playoffs. I think they barely miss. But, I mean, hey, week 18 against the Cowboys, maybe the Cowboys don't have anything to play for. The Eagles win that. They're probably in the playoffs because I think they'll win their games before that. But that's not what we're talking about. My apologies (laughs) for even going on that tangent. We're going to talk about the investigation that's happened into the football team and Daniel Snyder, their owner. And this investigation, the Washington Post released an article about a week ago detailing how Daniel Snyder and people around him have allegedly intimidated former employees, witnesses, a woman that came out against him for sexual harassment. There's a lot of details in that story. And this seemed to have started, they'll talk about it, get more details. Media Entertainment Arts Worldwide about a year ago, they published two false stories about Daniel, uh, linking Daniel Snyder to Jeffrey Epstein, the noted sex trafficker section. I mean, it's just pretty, pretty disturbing things. We, I think we all know Epstein. And after that, the stories ended up getting taken down. Snyder filed lawsuits and then they ended up going on a campaign pretty much to try to find out the sources who leaked this information that was, who, who was the, excuse me, who was the source, the false source. And their lawyers said it was just to find out these sources. Well, it seems like it's probably being used to find other sources for all of the allegations around Daniel Snyder and the football team. Because there's actually legal provision with that lawsuit. He can access emails. He can go to U.S. federal court and access emails, texts, phone records, and other records that would then show him who these people are talking to even and sometimes even what they're talking about. So you see how that gets very interesting. We also, the only parts that are public about this investigation are the Bruce Allen emails. You may not know that name, but you know the, you know John Gruden, <laughs> who was fired as a Raiders head coach. The emails, maybe you maybe know about the ones to NFL general counsel Jeff Pash and even the ESPN reporter Adam Schefter, who got in a little bit of hot water, but not too much. 
the NFL won't make this investigation public. Even as the investigation into Panthers owner Jerry Richardson was public, and he ended up selling the team, Ray Rice, Deflategate, you name it. So, Sean, what do you think it says that the NFL is not willing to release the details of this investigation? <laughs> and we thought Urban Myers was bad. Like, well, yeah, was, yeah, that's true. Like, I just, you mentioned this earlier to me in private, but like, just the differences. Like, why are they so weird that they're trying to not protect him? But you think this would just be a pretty easy decision to just make things public and get it done. I don't know why it's being dragged out so much and why, I mean, people have been fired for a lot less and like pressured to sell things for a lot less. So it's weird. We understand the rich have power that we don't. We, we understand that. Um, but this gives them a bad look. <laughs> it's like, you, even as a private investigation, we can see what's happening and they're still trying to keep it under wraps almost. It it doesn't seem like as a PR move that this would be the best one to make. I mean, unless I, I guess the fact that we haven't heard as much about it lately maybe <laughs> proves the point that maybe it is the right move to make instead of going through the hoopla and the investigation coming out and Daniel Snyder uh, possibly being forced out. Isn't right. It? But what are I? I guess the other question is, yeah, I get he's a rich dude, but who are they really defending here? And and let me let me start. Roger Goodell said that the NFL's stance is they're not doing it to release or excuse me to protect the identities involved in this case. And it's and a lawyer did say, well, yeah, it's true. Some of them want their identities to be kept private, but they want the investigation to come out. They want findings. They want something to be done. Mm-hmm. And he didn't say this, but frankly. More than a $10 million fine and, oh, you're not going to be involved in day-to-day operations for a few months. It's pocket change. Yeah. It's like $5. So, right. Right. And essentially, yes. And uh, what I don't understand, I want to know what you think of this. I mean, what what are they defending? I get it's known her, but it's the Washington football team. They're not like the Cowboys. I mean, do, I mean, it's what, a losing what? team, right? It's not even always a losing team. It's just like, um, it's just mid every year. Yeah. So, I mean, there's what, no, like, do you, superstars. Do you think there's any reasons that they would defend this team? Or do you think, do, do you think there are other reasons for them to do it's this? It's a little concerning. Like, this is complete speculation, but like, what if there's a deeper connection to people in the actual NFL organization that have connections to him that don't want to have things exposed. Piggyback off of that, do you think other NFL owners are maybe pushing? It could be owners, could be like executives. I don't know, but it's just so weird because it seems so easy, but with a bunch of money and there's got to be connections somewhere. There would have to be when also it's a team that's been mid. Uh, FedEx Field has multiple times, allegedly, we know water poured on the fans. We think it was sewage from the sewer lines. Well, they, they've tried to figure that one out. You know, the Cowboys brought their own benches to the game because the visioning <laughs> benches didn't really work and the, the field's in horrible condition. I mean, it's... 
Yeah, but haven't there been like a bunch of injuries on that field? Maybe. I could look that up. Yeah. We could look that up. But um, yeah, I mean, it, it doesn't, there's not a, it is kind of scary that there it would have to be a connection thing. And that seemed to be something that was happening when Gruden was fired. Is this idea of, okay, we get that Gruden was a bad dude, but you're really telling me he's the only problem in this? Like, you're, you're really <laughs> telling me he's the only dude that was doing this? Like, come on. I think another thing is um, Bruce Allen, or Dan Snyder has a problem with Bruce Allen that we understand now. Um kind of some of it a little bit petty. I encourage you to read the article and read some of it. It might some those parts might actually make you laugh because but those are the emails that came out. It was Bruce Allen's emails to John Gruden, who was working at ESPN at the time. It was Jeff Pash, the NFL's general counsel. That kind of goes into your point, Sean. Mm-hmm. And then it was um Adam Schefter. Those those are some of the prominent emails that relate. <laughs> like Oh my gosh. It feels like this thing's been going on for so long that it just gets worse and worse. Is this the same dude who never changed the name from the Native American slur to, well, never changed it from that until finally FedEx was about to pull their money? <laughs> until they started losing money. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Finally, FedEx felt pressure too. And they're like, yeah, we're going to do this. And now, now finally you do. I mean, it, I mean, this. That name had been a subject of controversy for years. That was not like a new, because of the woke libs or whatever, and the woke social justice warriors or whatever Mm -hmm. you, whatever (laughs) people like to call them. That that was not that. That's been a topic for decades. Oh, yeah. Native Americans have pushed against that for a long time, and it still never got changed. That's the owner you're defending here. Yikes. I just don't see, and this isn't even about right and wrong and morals. It, it and 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 I think you and I are kind of in agreement here. Just what are they defending? Like, I mean that that is a scary part because morals aside, I don't get the end game here for the NFL. It scares me that this is the best course of action for the league. Like, what are they hiding? What is being hidden? And are they trying to stall? Like, are they trying to figure out how to? Keep it under wraps while also satisfying the public. Well, probably. I mean, you know, you have, and frankly, it's not that hard when, I mean, you put out games on Tuesday and Monday with COVID depleted rosters and you know what? People watch it anyway. Yeah. I was sitting there watching Tuesday night football or no Monday night football between the Vikings and the bears. They didn't even really have COVID problems. They just suck. Mm -hmm. And I was out here watching it and I'm like, I I I could have watched NBA games. I have League Pass. I could have watched NBA games. <laughs> I could have watched, you know, a TV show that I haven't gotten to watch. I could have caught up on my Marvel movies before I go watch Spider-Man. But you no. know how many things I could have done? <laughs> Too many. And I and I sat there and watched the Vikings beat the Bears <laughs> and watched Justin Fields struggle as he realizes he's not even in a good organization. Nope. He's trapped. <laughs> to be fair, the refs the refs are pretty rough that game. But it was one of the few times I felt like defending Matt Nagy, but I, I couldn't oh do gosh. it. I everyone was it. so angry that game. <laughs> yeah, everyone was so so tight. <laughs> They're so high strung. <laughs> Are they so mad? I don't know. I just and then the Tuesday games too, and and this kind of off topic. I I guess it's just hard to talk about Washington because 
we don't know everything. And that's by design, it seems mm-hmm. like. But what we do know is problematic. You can't... Yes. How, I just don't get how... I mean, Donald Sterling was forced out. But at the same time, I don't think anyone liked Donald Sterling. The, the, the former Clippers owner. And for the Clippers in the NBA, it worked out pretty well to force him out. They got Steve yeah. Ballmer. They actually... I mean, they're still the kind of redhead stepchild in LA, but they're, they're doing a lot better. Actually had championship aspirations there for a little bit. And then you've got uh, Jerry Richardson forced out of the Panthers. Aren't, I don't know why they forced him out and aren't forcing Dan Snyder out. That's, yeah, I guess, like, my final say. Just, just force him out and hire Jeff Bezos. Or not hire, but let him buy it. He wants an NFL team. I'm not. I'm not sure. I really want him owning an NFL then team. It'll be, but uh, I guess it'll it would be Amazon be Prime Field to FedEx. Now, if Jeff Bezos bought the team, that would be that. That would actually open up a lot of questions because Bezos owns the Washington Post. That would oh. that would actually open up so many questions <laughs> if he did that. And they would, and it, they would be legitimate questions, but the answers would be there's no conflict there. No, it's really just. I, I mean, I don't think. I d- it, it's not. There is, there's a lot of dirt on Tan Snyder. Yeah. Okay. I mean, there's a lot of problems. There. <laughs> but admittedly, Bezos probably would push that. Uh, although I, I think people at the post are, are not, excuse me, uh, people at the post aren't necessarily going to push that. Bezos does own the Washington Post. Amazon's, although he doesn't completely run Amazon anymore, um, Bezos actually, or, or excuse me, Amazon wants to get into the sports game hard. Man, we think ESPN spends money. Oh, Amazon might might blow it out of the water if we're not careful. Oh boy, the money they're trying to put into Thursday night. There's a part of the network. <laughs> oh God, they're gonna go crazy out here in sports. They're the only competition I think ESPN truly has because they'll let Fox Sports have their victories, mm-hmm. and you know Fox will kind of eat into it a little bit, but you know they're there. Fox, they'll get their sports. <laughs> The Fox Corporation is only Fox, Fox Sports, and Fox News. Okay, mm-hmm. they sold 21st Century Fox to Disney, so Disney's <laughs> huge out here. And Disney owns ESPN. majority owner of ESPN. Yes, a a over eighty percent owner. So they've got the money, but Amazon out here that's the that's the one you got to worry about if you're ESPN. Yikes! <laughs> anyway, though, the mouse versus the Bezos. <laughs> The mouse versus like the yeah I don't even know what what was it the arrow the form what started as a bookstore <laughs> books <laughs> everybody just understand that there are bigger powers and that some of this is kind of I've heard a lot of this is like success succession succession which is a story which is a show I could have watched during the Vikings and Bears game <laughs> but I didn't. Instead, you watched all of Jose's hopes and dreams go down in one catch. Yeah, I really did. I, I, I yeah, I, I really did. I, I, I didn't even get to watch Tuesday how my fantasy team escaped oh thanks to Cooper Cup. But we may talk MVP. about that in the end and throw a flag. Yeah, we will. When we come back, we'll talk about Kyrie Irving back in the NBA. Could come back for Christmas. We'll see. Imagine. <laughs> Season 2, Episode 9, Flags and Fouls. <laughs> Bro, Sims 3, so much better than The Sims 4. I only have Sims 4 because it gave it to me for free. But, but you I also have Sims, Sims 3. 3, so I feel that. <laughs> <laughs>
It's so much better. Are you playing The Sims 3? <laughs> hey. <laughs> That's actually kind of cool. It's quite fun. How long, how long have you been playing that? Well, let's see how many hours I have. Well, I think I had three hours at the start of Monday, and I'm at 23.2. Okay. <laughs> On Monday. Some of those hours have been AFK. Yeah, I get you. Like my tennis elbow hours, how yeah, I wasn't yeah, even playing yeah. the game. I it, was modding it. I was, I was, uh, I was testing my mods. <laughs> I was, I was having to figure out the camera angle. Yeah, exactly. The MHS port. Yeah. You're just a little skewed sometimes. Are they that skewed though? <laughs> no. Oh no, yeah, they're pretty skewed. Welcome back. Season 2, Episode 9 of Flags and Fouls. I'm Nathan Bowles here with Sean Doherty. Make sure you subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. Follow us on Twitter, Instagram, TikTok, at Flags and Fouls. So, talked about it earlier. One of the first episodes we did this season was Kyrie Irving. He's not going to get vaccinated. No, no reports that he is considered getting vaccinated even now, lately. Um, and the Nets decided... They are not going to have him as a part-time player. The owner and the GM said, no, you're just not going to be on the team right now. Well, their stance has changed since then. As the Nets go through a COVID outbreak, I mean, KD was KD and all, all, kind, all kinds of players out for the Brooklyn Nets. They have decided to bring Kyrie Irving back as a part-time player for road games, and they allow him to practice in Brooklyn. Oh, I didn't know that First, part. Yes, actually, that was something early on was um, the owner had gone and tried to figure out that could he actually practice in Brooklyn? At first, you couldn't practice, but the practice facility is a private owned business. So they said, OK, fine, okay. He, can, he can practice in Brooklyn. But then they end up deciding it didn't matter because we're not going to have him as a part time player. Now he can. So he walks in. And he reportedly tests positive for COVID and he's entered the COVID protocols. As, as, as I let everyone kind of process some of these. Day zero. It was day zero. <laughs> Practically. Yeah, no, yeah, no it, it was day zero. It was day zero. But there is actually a chance he can come back on Christmas Day. Two negative tests within 24 hours and then long enough for the LakersCrypto.com arenas policy. He may come back on Christmas against his former teammate LeBron James and the Lakers. All that aside, what do you think about this? The, what do you think about the Nets deciding to flip <laughs> and bring Kyrie back? And how do you think that's going to affect the team going forward? <laughs> well, it shows how desperate they are. Um, honestly, I don't think team chemistry will be too badly damaged. I think. Really? Yeah, I think yeah, and Katie and Harden like him enough to work with him. I don't know if they'll be back by the time he's back, mm -hmm. but um, I don't see how they could be worse. I really don't. Yeah, and, and I mean, at least right now, although they are the number one seed in the East right now, 21 and 9, 
they have not looked. You kind of figure going in that, yeah, KD and Harden could win a chip, but Harden hadn't quite looked the same. KD may be MVP, but a lot of the pieces around them have also kind of faltered. Um, yeah, it's it's kind of a weird team now. <laughs> like last year, they had a ton of depth and it feels similar, but they feel kind of old. Like uh, they feel like a better, a much better version of the Lakers. Mm. Mm. <laughs> like you got, you got Marcus Aldridge, right. Katie and Harden aren't very young. Um, Kyrie's, is he 30? Kyrie is 29 years old. Okay. Yeah. He so he's almost 30. 30. March. So he's still technically in his prime kind of. Um, <laughs> like when Marcus Aldridge almost had a heart attack on the court basically. And they brought him back. And then Patty Mills. <laughs> and it's funny, those guys have actually played well. But um, and but some of the other guys, like Blake Griffin isn't, well, well, he got back in the rotation because of COVID. Yeah. But for a while there, he was not even in the rotation. And then they got Bruce Brown still, but they didn't even play him for a good amount of time. So, yeah, it's just, <laughs> I went from hating the team because they pissed me off last year because they were like quote unquote super team. Um, but now I like them a lot more because they seem more uh, down to earth. Vulnerable. <laughs> they seem vulnerable. Down to earth. Sean. Oh my gosh. Uh, the Nets have had three games postponed and that's separate and related to this. Three games postponed against the Nuggets, Wizards and Trailblazers that uh, was supposed to be uh, tonight, if I'm not mistaken. Their next game is, as I've talked about, Christmas Day against the Lakers, where Kyrie may actually have a chance to come back. And let's look at who is still out. Kevin Durant, James Harden, Blake Griffin actually is hurt. LaMarcus Aldridge has been out due to COVID protocols. Nick Claxton also some injuries. But, man, this has just gone too far. Like, I, mm-hmm. I, Okay, we started talking about the Nets, so, but... With Kyrie, one, it seems interesting that maybe we thought about that they thought about an unvaccinated player who's extremely susceptible to the Omicron variant mm-hmm. being like the dude who could save him and help him out. I don't know. Maybe maybe they didn't think that part through. Yeah. <laughs> but that aside, that, that kind of flip-flop aside here, when you get into the playoffs, so. How do you think that's going to be with them like we're like every other game they're not going to have him? Well, you know, okay, but there's there's a lot of time between now and the playoffs, right? Mm-hmm. And <laughs> going on the most optimistic attitude possible. Let's say it's more research comes out and determines that it is like a lot less severe strain then there could be a chance that New York um, kind of lessens that requirement a little more and allows him to play without being vaccinated. But on a more pessimistic <laughs> approach, <laughs> that doesn't happen. Um, I don't know how they could. Well, I guess it depends on how desperate they are. And they could just say, screw it. We'll, We'll play him half the time and, you know, maybe we'll have a better record away than at home. (laughs) 
And and hopefully we maybe actually have a worse record in some teams. Uh, That way we have more road games. And I mean, they have KD. Like, KD almost took down the Bucs single-handedly. That's true. So, like, KD and Harden could probably help out enough. And then, like, give KD a little rest on the away games. Yeah, I think that's kind of your only hope because, frankly, the Bucs are better than they were last year. And Mm -hmm. so is most of the NBA. The Suns. Yeah, the Sun. Yeah, then whoever, if they manage to find a way into the finals, yeah, you're talking between the, the Suns, the Warriors, and even the Jazz. Uh, I don't. I, don't I, think, I think all those teams are better than the Nets right now. Yeah. Um, got, I mean, maybe the Lakers do figure it out. Who I knows? don't know. <laughs> I don't think so, but. There's no way. <laughs> there's no way they could figure it out that late, right? No, and I mean, like, but, defense is defense. They're not going to figure well. I shouldn't say that because who knows what happens, but like typically they're not just going to be a better defensive team out of the blue. Hey, tell the NFL's Kansas City Chiefs that though. Well, yeah. <laughs> they, they, they made a few adjustments and then stuff just happened. You can't adjust old though. That's true. But with, with Kyrie, I feel like, you know, you want to talk about pessimistic. Who says New York and other places won't have a mandate where uh no, you're gonna need to get boosted too. Yeah, I didn't even think about that. <laughs> I feel like that could go completely the other way, and I wouldn't even be against that. I mean, if you, it could go that far because, as pervasive as Omicron is, it could. The vaccines do help. Mm-hmm. It's just it doesn't necessarily help as it's much just against infection as we would like. Right. Um. But the idea that, I mean, I, I just really don't see any way they get, I feel like they've dug into that. I don't think they're digging out. Yeah. That is the most optimistic scenario though. <laughs> is, and then at that point, they'll bring Kyrie back and they'll just have to go with it. And they better not hope he gets COVID because he will be tested a lot more than no matter what. I don't think they're going to stop testing unvaxxed players. Mm-hmm. So I just wanted to say from the future how I just realized that I acted like Kyrie isn't in protocols right now. Uh, yeah, I don't know. Interesting question, I guess, for the for for COVID. How easy is it to get reinfected? Maybe Kyrie will help us figure that out. Who knows? Anyway, back to the episode. No matter what happens, they may decrease testing on vaxxed players maybe even too much at some point again that article i linked to you should probably read it you want to understand more what i'm talking about but i feel like unvaxxed players they're just gonna keep doing it like they're not gonna let up so we'll see but i do think hey if they're that desperate and maybe they just need a few games of amazing kyrie irving maybe they get it done yeah i don't know no, like they can't really. What if they go back and they're like, uh, we're gonna sit you again? Yeah, right. He can't go back. He can't go back on like, that. That would, that would destroy team chemistry. Not because like players would hate each other, but like Kyrie would hate the organization. Yeah. And I think that would be you'd be flip flopping at that point. Unless you just decided, yeah, we don't even want to re sign Kyrie. We don't want to deal with him. We're <laughs> just gonna get him gone and KD and Harden get it. it it's, it's Kevin Durant. It yeah. all depends on Kevin Durant. Oh, yeah. James Harden has input, but it is Kevin Durant's team. Mm-hmm. And what he says goes. And if he gets to a point that Kyrie's gone, that would probably help team chemistry to flip flop again. Yeah. 
but I don't know. Yeah. We'll see if Kyrie comes back on Christmas or not. Time will tell. We'll see just kind of how the whole discourse goes around him because it's it's a lightning rod. And in an NBA season that doesn't have as many storylines as you would think, I think partially because a lot of these teams are good are coming out of that mountain time zone. And I think also because the war, I mean, the it's like, oh, Steph broke three-point record and the Warriors aren't like red hot right now. And the Nets have been kind of mad. The Bucks have been injured. The Lakers have been whack. The only the biggest storylines are Lakers or whack, and Kyrie would be right up there mm-hmm. how he plays. So it's going to drive the storylines. I mean, all the media companies are going to love it, but we will see what happens. Yeah, Kyrie Irving back in the NBA. He already got COVID, so I, I don't <laughs> know, man. I mean, that really, he got it on day zero. <laughs> Speaking of other people getting COVID, part of what we'll talk about on Throw Flag after this is players getting signed due to COVID hardships. But first, we will talk about the teams that have impressed us and disappointed us in the NFL and NBA. Season 2, Episode 9, Flags and Fouls. Welcome back. Season 2, Episode 9, Flags and Fouls. Subscribe wherever you get your podcast. Nathan Bowles, Sean Doherty. I just... Man, okay. So, th- this year in the NFL has been... It's felt mid. Because every... It feels like every team is at least mid. Yeah. Except for, you know, your obvious ones. The Lions, the Texans. I mean, I would say the Falcons, even they have six wins somehow. Mm-hmm. Um Jets, Jags, Panthers are becoming bad. So I guess they're in there too. But Seahawks are getting there. I'll, I'll, I'll get there. What what NFL teams have? What NFL team is? Are you? What NFL teams are you focusing on? Well, as a Saints fan, I'm focusing on the Saints, the Bucks, the Falcons, mm-hmm. and Panthers. The Panthers were kind of scary at first, but luckily they they showed their true colors. And CMC got hurt. And um, Sam Darnold started seeing ghosts again. So that was, didn't have to worry about them much longer. Uh, Falcons, you know, I mean, they're still six and eight. So they're not like that far behind, which is scary, but like they, they choke. That's their thing. <laughs> That's what they always do. They're um, like next to last in DVOA. Exactly. They should be like the second worst team in the league. Mm-hmm. But keep going. Keep going. But the Saints, the fact that. You're predicting that they make the playoffs and that they have a chance to make the playoffs with like half the team hurt, half the offense hurt, with our kicker hurt. Like, I like I guess it just shows how good defensively they are, which sucks because we are terrible offensively. But I mean, you can't blame us. We don't have our quarterback or our best receiver. You know, and and the thing is, you still have Kamara. So I mean, you're figuring out ways every once mm-hmm. in a while. And every once in a while, teams will let Taysom Hill run the ball, but that yeah. helps fantasy a lot more than yeah. as someone who has him on his fantasy <laughs> roster. Right, it, and like, it's, it's a lot more helpful of that than real life. And you know, we did our normal thing of you know going two and zero against Tom Brady in the regular season, which means we'll probably play them in the postseason and probably lose. But um, you'll lock him up. Well, but yeah, you'll still lose some. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, the others somehow beat us, um, most likely because 
our quarterback probably won't throw again, but for different reasons. But man, <laughs> not injuries. Like I cannot believe we um, won. Well, injuries, whatever. Deal with injuries, Tom Brady. We've dealt with it all season. Um, and they just make me very happy that they could possibly make the playoffs. And uh, teams like the Seahawks, who are in a very bad division, will not make the, you know, bad in the sense that they're playing very good teams. Yeah, I think the Saints are honestly better than the Seahawks and a lot of other teams. But, you know, the Saints are 7-7 seven, seven right now. Their next three, their last three games are the Dolphins, the Panthers, and the Falcons. <laughs> that first one could get interesting. Dolphins, the Dolphins might be have been red difficult. Hot. But I think they'll win. Vegas thinks they'll win. I know they think they'll beat the Panthers and Falcons. So they should finish 10-7 and make the playoffs. Never say we might beat the Falcons. <laughs> you never know what might happen. I guess that's true. <laughs> I, guess that's uh, I mean, the real question is, what if we finish ahead of Tampa? Uh, that That's not, no. Tampa, who do, who do they play? I, yeah, I guess it's actually possible. No, Tampa Bay would have to lose their next three games. Okay, but they, against, oh, they play the Panthers twice the Panthers, and the Jets. Oh. They play the <laughs> yeah, they played the uh, yeah they played the Panthers twice and the Jets. So if the Bucks find a way to lose the next three games and the Saints win all their next three, then yes, New Orleans are in the division. That's not going to happen. That's not happening. <laughs> yeah, right. Um, you know they played the New Orleans, Panthers twice. <laughs> funny enough, yeah, I ran through the ESPN's NFL playoff machine where you pick every game. I got New Orleans at six. Oh, the Forty Niners are seven. seven. I think that's that because of the tiebreaker. Yeah. Yeah, I've got actually NFC. I've got Green Bay, Dallas, LA, Tampa Bay, Arizona, New Orleans, San Francisco. Makes sense. Three NFC West teams. <laughs> they need to chill. Philadelphia first team out at nine and eight, but I Philadelphia's got a very good chance to make it though, and I, I do like them. But that's not the team I'm focusing on. I'm focusing on the Kansas City Chiefs. I think they're gonna. I think that after starting, it was two and four. They've now won, what is it, eight games in a row, nine games in a row? They're on a streak. Mm -hmm. Their defense has been one of the top five defenses in the league. Their offense just is kind of, they're limping, they're <laughs> limping along. Mahomes is trying to do his thing, and I think they're going to win every game down the stretch. The only thing that gets in the way of that is this week, as they're about to play the Steelers, they may have Tyreek Hill and Travis Kelsey out due to COVID. That could be a problem. You know, I don't think that's a big a problem as we think it will be. Man, you got to be careful. You know, there are, <laughs> I can actually count it for you. There are seven teams that they're like, ah, it's Pittsburgh though. Man, you got to be careful. Well, they're seven, no, six, I and one, and we the week, think they're though. bad. No, I think this is the week that they're going to be real bad though. I don't even know, man. Like the Steelers in that playoff machine that I'm running through, they're one game away from just winning the AFC North and making the playoffs. Like, is Mike Tomlin not a candidate for coach of the year right now? No, because people hate the Steelers. Fair enough. Everyone no, collectively a lot of people has love like a the mutual Steelers, hate though. for them, and I don't know why. Like, it's yeah, but, me too. Yeah, well, it's like an infection. Yeah, but yeah, but that that's probably because the Steelers actually low-key have a massive fan base. Yeah. Not Cowboys massive, but. I think I think it's I think it's kind of the, the rivalry. I almost feel like I hate the Steelers more than I hate the Cowboys. 
I guess it's because yeah. they feel boring to me. Yeah, I think that's why. And they just annoy me. Especially right now. Yeah, they really do. Um, anyway, I think the Chiefs will really get it going. They've been one of the better teams in the league lately, despite it, it feels like Mahomes isn't playing his best and does still no. turn the ball over too much. But, and yeah, you see him literally in Thursday against Chargers, throw it in the, into the dirt. And then that was a bad throw. <laughs> scramble to his right and then make make these crazy, beautiful plays that we've seen from the past few years. Like, it's all still there. I think it's literally just in his head of, I want to throw deep. I want to have fun. And they're not letting me have fun. <laughs> As I have my Mahomes Chiefs shirt on. Yeah. I'm not turned around. It's just like. I think he just wants to have fun. And he can't. And they're not letting him have fun. And I think it's messing with his head. He's getting annoyed. It doesn't help that Tyreek Hill's dropped a lot of balls. And like five interceptions have been off of drops. Right. And that gets in your head that too. That doesn't sound like a lot, but that's a lot. Yeah. You're not yeah, supposed well, to have five picks up. Like, they'll get in your head though. And like, Mahomes is a nice guy and he probably thinks like, it, like even if it's not his fault, he probably thinks like, I guess I could have thrown that better give him a better opportunity to catch it or something like that's just like he's doing like me and Madden where I'm like no I'm going to throw it to this dude yeah I mean and and both and, and in both cases it, it results in picks yeah a lot of picks <laughs> all the picks but they I mean they're still the favorite so they're now Vegas's favorite to win the Super Bowl again and I'm not completely sure that's inaccurate I don't think it I is I would pick Packers but I mean you gotta surely I mean, because you gotta of the way their defense teams. is playing and you got to pick the Chiefs out of the AFC to me, but the team that you got to watch for out of the AFC that's red hot is the Colts. They beat the Patriots <laughs> on Saturday and what ended up being the one Saturday game. Jonathan Taylor could be MVP. He's not going to be because they're going to give it to Brady or Rodgers unless they both just absolutely suck the rest of the way, but they're not. So he's not going to get it, but Jonathan Taylor and the Colts and what they've been able to do in that Colts defense, Carson Wentz hadn't turned the ball over. The defense is playing really good football. It just seems like everything is starting to work correctly for the Colts. And you've got a conference that there is no elite team. Kansas City has the potential to be, but they're not. I mean, who says the Colts can't make the Super Bowl? It's the Carson Wentz effect. Sucks for like the first four games. They pick it up. They'll barely make the playoffs. He'll get a concussion in first round. They'll lose first round. Probably. But I, I actually meant to say another team that disappointed me, but I, I was instead of doing the Colts. Oh, the Seahawks, man. Oh, gosh. <laughs> man. And you know what? I'll get. Rest you know in what? peace, Homero. I'll wait. I'll wait till throw a flag to give you all my theory on why I think this all happened. And it may seem simple, but it's really not. <laughs> Let's go to the NBA. NBA teams that you're. You're liking and and what's also been a very odd season for for the NBA. <laughs> Freaking Cavaliers! Like what the heck? The two and a half games behind first place, <laughs> and like Mobley's been out at least I want to say at least close to eight games this season, maybe more. Um, Sexton's been out all season pretty much, um, and then Jared Allen's playing like. Shaquille O'Neal practically I don't think anyone expected them to be third place right now on the cusp of being the number one seed that's true and it's (laughs) 
the Cavs really are feeling. <laughs> Jared Allen, yeah, could be defense player of the year candidate. I mean, he. I mean, you're th- these guys have got to be in the All Star conversation. Like, one. <laughs> well, well, uh, okay, <laughs> but but he is extremely efficient. I mean, yeah, these dudes have got to be All Stars. You got to have yeah. a couple All All Stars probably coming out of there. I mean, and Mobley has to be uh, rookie of the year, right? Like, surely, yes. I would say no so. He's been better. Scotty Barnes was the other one that's been really yeah, good. I mean, Kate Cunningham has been good after missing the start of the season, but Mobley, Mobley is the leader in the clubhouse right now. It's, I mean, and if we're talking, yeah, I mean, I can't, like, if I'm looking at the teams, is there any other team that has, like, who has been pleasantly uh, surprising this season other than them? Like there's on, been plenty of disappointments, level, no. but yeah, there's been a lot of disappointments. No one, I guess you could make an argument for the Grizzlies, but like even then they're kind of fluky sometimes. Um, but the Cavs, they're crazy. The Grizzlies have been interesting. I'm going to go ahead and go to mine. The Suns, I do think have been good because, you know, we thought they'd be a really good West playoff team, but, I kind of thought maybe they blew their chance last year. Mm-hmm. But the thing is, except for Chris Paul, that's a young team. And so they've just only gotten better. And now <laughs> they're kidding. leading the East to 25 and five. They went through the month of November impeccably. I mean, they are on a tear. Devin Booker is personally on a 19 game winning streak. He actually missed the game they lost. So, <laughs> and after, it just seems like they are the best team in the league right now. They are the team to beat because, I mean, you want to look at last year, they lost Dario Sarge in the finals and that kind of had issue that they gave issues with size against mm-hmm. the Milwaukee Bucks with, you know, Giannis Antetokounmpo and Chris Middleton and centers like Brooke Lopez and Bobby Portis and those guys, right? So now the Suns have that size back. DeAndre Ayton's still playing really well. The Suns should be the best team. The disappointing team is a team that they lost to or the team, excuse me, that they beat <laughs> on Tuesday night, the Los Angeles Lakers. It's just, I know it's easy to punch on them, but how do you not? Like, you got to take the low hang. It's a low hanging fruit, and yeah. I'm taking it because <laughs> it's LeBron James, and Anthony Davis, and Russell Westbrook, and a bunch of old dudes, the 20, 2014 All Star team, and they can't figure it out. They freaking signed Isaiah Thomas. <laughs> like, what? They did sign Isaiah Thomas. We get to that too, but it's like, man, it just, and you know, Russ, I'm not even sure it's completely the problem. He is and he isn't at the same time. Not like we thought it's Anthony Davis. Yeah. And I feel bad because like some of it's on him and some of it's really not like, I think this dude's body's just not, I don't, I don't, I don't know what happened to him. He grew too fast when he was like 17 or whatever. Like you just, you, you look at the highlights from their first year together it's like what it was the most nat- it was one of the most natural duos i had seen I mean, I it was like game one it was it like too. there was there was no getting used to each other period it was just like man we're, we're they're my favorite to win just because like look at that or like the the <laughs> um shoot um it was right before covid it was a big game the clippers is the clippers because the clippers were the other team oh it was the yeah, clippers like that yep. game like the Lakers have not been on that game level in ages. 
Yeah, I mean, the bubble, Anthony Davis was shooting 40%. And um, that's just, I mean, shooting kind of almost 40% from outside. That's just not going to happen anymore. But the thing is, he could be on that level inside. And yeah, it's just like he, I don't know if it's the injuries or if it's in his head or both, but that seems to be the key thing for me. The other problem is, though, even without that, it doesn't completely solve their problems. No. Like, they really just put too many old dudes together. They lost their perimeter defenders. Like, Yeah, they did lose all of them. Like, however bad they were last year offensively, they pretty much made up for it defensively. And now, right. now they don't have either. So, <laughs> great. The Lakers are now a 500 team. 16 and 16. Their next game is actually Thursday the 23rd. And then, of course, they have their Christmas game against the Nets. You know, but it's just funny you know, go ahead, when go it's ahead. like they're going to play the Spurs and I don't feel like the Lakers are that big of a favorite in that game. <laughs> that, that, that's a little Freaking rough. Spurs. That that's when you know you've you've hit a low. Although I love Dejounte Murray for the Spurs, you, you've hit a hurdle. <laughs> yeah, really. Okay, now our final throw a flag segment. There, there's so many. There's there's a few things we can get on. We could do the COVID stuff, but that that ain't it. Bill Simmons. Founder of The Ringer, host of Bill Simmons' podcast. He tweeted December 17th, We are like five days away from the first unsubstantiated, quote, LeBron loves what he's seen from the young Cavaliers and might want to finish his career there, end quote, story, and I honestly can't wait. A couple days later, fake news, in his words, the fake news aggregators were building momentum. And then, I'll be damned, if, yesterday, if on the 22nd, just after midnight Eastern time, Kendrick Perkins, the ESPN analyst. I wonder if LeBron James would consider demanding a trade back to Cleveland. I mean, the Cavs do have a nice squad. Don't mind me, though, and carry on. (laughs) Oh, my gosh. The only thing... Now, at least those were not, like, from a source, but I will say this. Is LeGM. Okay, but that's never going to happen. (laughs) <laughs> the Cavs would have to be idiots to throw away their future like that that's true yeah they'd have to throw away that whole future that they have yeah. to even get LeBron so it wouldn't work anyway it never happened ain't that just the price of playing of being LeBron of, of having a team with LeBron though you give up your whole future but you get a ring no that should not be the price but <laughs> apparently it is well, well that's what it is that's the heat they at least figured it out Ask the Cavs, but at least they have figured it out, it seems. And ask the Lakers. They better hope they figure it out. I don't they know. They better hope that one ring was worth it. <laughs> I don't know if it was. <laughs> that one ring was nice, but the problem is everyone calls it a bubble ring, a Mickey Mouse ring, so mm-hmm. it might not be worth it. Oh, my gosh. Big grit. Also in the NBA, number two, all the hardship signings. I'm loving it. <laughs> Text Tech fan, I love that Mac McClung and Matt Mooney are in the league now. I'm loving that. But how about this? First off, December 21st, the Mavericks are signing guard Charlie Brown from the NBA G League. <laughs> so so we having a Peanuts Christmas out here? 
Because they play on Christmas. I, I just want to see Charlie Brown play. That's all I want to see. <laughs> yeah. want, is he as bad at basketball as he is at football? Obviously, he's got to be better at basketball. I mean, at two foot four, we're going to find out. <laughs> is he going to try to dunk and is he going to slip on the way there? He better be on. If he's not on Shaq to the Fool, I will be very disappointed. <laughs> I'm kidding. The the real Charlie Brown is not the the Peanuts comics character. <laughs> I, I I I I I might close my eyes if I see that picture though. Mm-hmm. So that way I can believe in my head that's Charlie Brown. The other one, free agent guard Joe Johnson, signing a ten day deal with the Boston Celtics. <laughs> this is a franchise. This man is forty years old. He was playing in the Big Three league recently. We're like retired old NBA players played. The league founded by Ice Cube. <laughs> and now he's, he's back in the league. He is expected to start tonight against the Cavs. Play, so play, after sorry, you... not start. Oh, okay. He is expected to play against the Cavs tonight. Imagine. Which means once you hear this podcast, he will play and he better on the first play, somebody better call an ISO for him. He better, he better do an ISO. He better break some man's ankles, and he better shoot, it, and he better make. It. I'm talking <laughs> I'm right 40 now. years old. He better do it. Joe Johnson, the franchise drafted him 20 years ago, traded him about a year later. It is almost a 20-year gap between stints. Probably the longest one ever. It's got to be like. Got to be close. My only thing though is that we were thinking like Jamal. Is this when Jamal Crawford, Dwayne Wade, Dirk Nowitzki are they all going to come back now? And Joe Johnson's like, uh, I'm still here. Yeah. <laughs> I would like a contract, please. Ten day contract. Is it a hardship contract? It is a hardship okay. contract. It must be real hardship if you're signing in. <laughs> yeah, really. Uh, I don't know. Hey, Jamal Crawford. I just want Jamal Crawford. <laughs> real quick from the future. Just wanted to let y'all know Joe Johnson did get to play just about the last couple minutes. He gets in there. They end up giving him the ball. Gets a screen set for him. Makes an isolation jumper. First point scored in three years for Joe Johnson. Iso Joe. How about that? 40-year-old getting some points for the Celtics as they beat the Cavaliers on Wednesday night. Now back to the show. Anyway, let's go also. Number three, the NFL. Why do they still have part-time refs? And I'm and I'm and I'm doing this in response to Monday night, how it felt like the refs were a little tacky and Vikings Bears. But I'm also responding Tuesday, the Seahawks and Rams. Near the end of the game in the fourth quarter, Seahawks, Russell Wilson throws a pass to DJ Dallas. Incomplete. But it was it seemed a little obvious to me that the Rams defender was like holding his elbow down. But it wasn't called. I don't think that was a hard call to make. No. I want to blame the refs, but like, isn't it the NFL's fault that we're hiring part-time refs when you have a lot of money? Mm-hmm. A little bit. But then again, this is the same league that's covering up for Dan Snyder, so I don't, I don't. You don't know. even have to pay them. They don't that always much. make the best decisions. You really don't have to pay them that much. Like, I mean, come on, do you really not have the money? Like, if you pay them a decent salary, like, who wouldn't take that job? Yeah, I mean, that seems to be the thing. It's like, you're telling me you don't have the money for full-time reps. You're really telling me you don't have the money. 
I, here's my here's my theory though. If that had happened, and that just made me think though of years ago, and I don't, I can't, I can never think of the year, but you will know the year once I finish. It was the Lions and Cowboys in the first round of the playoffs, and Matt Stafford throws a pass. I forgot it was two, but the Cowboys defender was just draped on, literally back turned, and he basically was like pushing the Lions receiver down, and it was not called DPI. And the Lions had to punt. The Cowboys ended up coming back and winning. Matt Stafford never got a playoff win. Now he's with the Rams. Mm-hmm. But then the Cowboys got screwed in the next round because that was when Dez caught it. That's when <laughs> Dez Bryant caught it. Yeah. But it was ruled incomplete. Okay. And then the Packers, Brandon Bostick out here, thinking that even though he's not part of the hands team, he's going to recover the Seahawks onside kick. <laughs> it bounced off his chest. The Seahawks got it. And despite Russell Wilson throwing four interceptions, the Seahawks won and made the Super Bowl. Correct. And then Seahawks, Patriots, back and forth. Patriots trying to come back, but the Seahawks, Patriots get the lead. But then the Seahawks are like, no, we're going to get it back and we're going to win this game. They get all the way down to the one-yard line. They don't give it to Marshawn Lynch. Russell Wilson throws a pick to Malcolm Butler. The Patriots win. And game over. So my theory, because I also talked about Seahawks being a disappointing team, if if that call had been made, the Seahawks could have just lost in the NFC Championship. Would have been kind of solid. Maybe Russ on four picks wasn't a good idea, but maybe, just maybe, it doesn't fall apart that bad. Because it wasn't so high profile, you know? You didn't watch. Not everybody watched as the, the course of the league just completely switched on the one-yard line. Correct. With the best running back in the game. And you... Decide, yeah, we're not going to hand it off. I just think that, I mean, or maybe, maybe the Packers don't win. Maybe the Seahawks loser. I mean, maybe the Seahawks beat somebody else and they feel better in the Super I don't know. <laughs> hey, chaos theory out here. I'm just saying that that changed the whole game. And that is why we need full time refs. Literally. And it's also why it's really sad for the Seahawks. Sorry, Omero. <laughs> The other thing I feel bad for Omer about is our fantasy football team, our last part of throw a flag. I would like to uh, read you guys the fantasy football scores. I'm going to blame it on COVID, even though I think everybody in the league just sucked that week, except for the backups. Let me read you all the point totals. One team, 148.86. Another team, 145.96. 116.86 was the third highest. No one else scored over 109 points. Five teams under 109. Including a team that got to the second round of our playoffs with an 81.74 point performance. (laughs) Why can't I have played him? And Jose, if Jose was on here, he would go on a tirade because he is the one that got beat with that. And he he was the second best team, you know, all that. Yeah, he got beat with that. Because Dalvin Cook couldn't get another couple yards. He got beat. He would have gotten beat by everyone this week. That's also true. Which I can't tell whether that should make him feel better or worse. (laughs) I can't tell whether I should feel... Because I felt bad because I had a 34% chance, according to ESPN, to lose to our number eight team in our league, Omero. Mm -hmm. Who's not here with us. And then Cooper Cup decided he'd go and get 35 for me. Correct. That is why Cooper Cup should probably be MVP. He should be MVP. <laughs> Cooper Cub might actually break the record. I hope he does. But just know this: Omero said it, and I tried to push back, but he's right. Fantasy's just luck. 
It's so if you ever feel good about winning your fantasy football team, no, no, I'm just gonna, I'm just gonna take you down right now, take your ego down a little bit. No, well, see, means nothing. that's the other thing. Like, you got the last pick of the draft. Let's say you got the first pick. Who do you take? I would have taken Christian McCaffrey. All right. I would, I would have taken the risk. Let's say it comes <laughs> all the way back around. I don't know who would have been left, but who would you probably taken? Oh, who knows? Like, I, I could probably look at that draft. I mean, you know, guys like, you know, Calvin Ridley were probably in that conversation. <laughs> like, I mean, There you go. <laughs> hey, man, I drafted Zeke first. I almost drafted Jonathan Taylor first. But imagine I got him second. I was able to come back around and get him. Imagine if he wasn't there. Exactly. Imagine if I had just imagine if I just had Zeke and then trade him for Najee Harris, which has worked out. <laughs> yeah. But then imagine if it was just him and I'm just like, bro, I literally could have had Jonathan Taylor. Like, I almost <laughs> picked Jonathan Taylor. Imagine and imagine I thought Robert Woods was better than Cooper Cup. I wanted Robert Woods more than Cooper Cup. But I took Cup. him. Right. And I was like, well, Cooper Cup will be my flex. <laughs> and look at him now. Oh my boy. Gosh. Meanwhile, Allen Ro- now. Meanwhile, Allen Robinson out here like oh, I forgot how to play receiver. <laughs> oh man, yeah, fantasy football. Good old fantasy basketball's whack too. Fantasy basketball's whack too because I got like seven dudes out. Yeah, you drafted badly. I drafted really badly. <laughs> but I didn't think Zion was going to be out the me, whole year. Then you trade me Pirtle and then dropped Keldon Johnson afterwards. Now I have both of them had a rough time okay <laughs> i'm still three and six somehow I mean, i'm just trying to get a couple of wins <laughs> if i make the playoffs i might be all right <laughs> anyway guys fantasy football and basketball suck we're gonna try to limp through our leagues until we come back in january with our first episode of 2022 make sure you subscribe to flags and fouls wherever you get your podcast follow us on twitter instagram and tiktok at flags and fouls We'll see y'all in a couple weeks. Stay up to date on our social media so that way you know when we are coming back. We think we'll be out on every Fridays, but we never know. You never know. We're lazy. We're college students. You never know. Have fun with us. Also, follow me at Nathan Bowles, at Nathan underscore Bowles 3, Twitter, Instagram. I might be on the ColorCast app. We'll see how that goes. May even make some surprise appearances on there with the podcast, so we'll see. Anyway, guys, have a Merry Christmas. Merry Christmas. Safe. Don't be stupid. (laughs) Seriously. Not that.